The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown in stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline, pylon, touchdown, and the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Punt and Pass. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. And head on over to puntandpass.com, your number one destination for all things college football. I'm going to post our picks up there after today's show. I am 8-2 and two against the spread on the season, 80% through two weeks. Hello, Aaron. You and I are both 0-2 on our locks. We'll get that cleaned up this week. And I'm going to do a little accounting here. I'll let everybody know how you're doing. It's not bad. You're just not 8-2. and two. That's great. And that's what I am. So head on over to puntandpass.com. A lot of people checking out the website. A lot of stuff on YouTube, too. A lot of comments on the YouTube videos. So go check that out. I love it when people get spicy with the comments. We appreciate you all listening for sure and buying merch. It's a good couple of weeks for punt and pass. We're going to keep it rolling. First off, I think I'm like seven and three, by the okay. way. Okay. I like that. So one down before you get all high and mighty on your chair over there, seven and three. Oh, we're yeah. In, in the green, we're making money. That's yes. all that matters. 100%. We're going to keep making it money. going. Another way to make money is through our presenting sponsor of this episode of punt and pass and the presenting sponsor of every Thursday episode of punt and pass throughout the season. That is our great friends over at prize picks. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Download the Prize Picks app if you haven't yet. Use the promo code PUNT, P-U-N-T, PUNT, and you get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. NFL tonight, college football all weekend, Major League Baseball still going on. They even have disc golf on there, eSports. And you can cross entry, meaning Ronald Acuna, he's obviously injured, but Ozzy Albies, you and I were at the game last night, Aaron, uh, with JT Daniels if he plays this weekend, and Saquon Barkley this evening. If you have that kind of insight, get down on prize picks, use the promo code PUNT, and you can win up to 10x your money. It's the best. We love our friends over at Prize Picks. We've had tons of signups already this season. So go to Prize Picks app, download it, and use the promo code PUNT. We love prize picks all right let's get into news and notes here what's going on in the college football world before we look at this weekend slate before we touch on that though man gut gut wrenching news last night as a former buddy of mine uh, somebody who was near and dear to the georgia football program trevor moad passed away after a two-year private battle with cancer uh that was a total gut punch for me he was actually on the quarantine chronicles last march at the beginning of the pandemic go back and listen to the podcast it is fantastic it's evergreen content i love his book it takes what it takes i think he's releasing another book here um in a couple of weeks or months i hope that still comes out on time a very close confidant 
to Russell Wilson. So I'm sure Russell's going to, you know, honor him with his play this weekend and a lot of Georgia players too. I mean, JT Daniels, a lot of the guys were tweeting out uh, rest in peace for Trevor uh, today. Just, just tough news, man. It's crazy. I think he was 46 years old, totally brutal. So prayers to Trevor, his family and friends. And I know Georgia will honor him this weekend on the field as well. Uh, On a lighter note, Aaron, um, I messed up this morning's recording, and when I was talking in our original recording, I was giving you shit, saying we've been doing this podcast for five years, and you always have to get your speaker and microphone, and I have to help you and text you every single time, and then I messed up. So, (laughs) hand up, that's 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 what what I get. get. For Um, all the smack talking, Yeah, drop the ball. It's okay, though. I forget. See, I'm not going to rub it in too bad like you did for me on the original recording of this episode. I, did, I got into you pretty say, good, and that's what I deserve. You did. It's okay. I love All right. Joke. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're in it now, and we're rocking and rolling. Week three, punt and pass is here, and big news post-week two, Clay Helton fired at USC. That's right. USC uh, wins in week one. They back it up with a big loss in week two. They lose to Stanford, who looked awful in week one. High hopes for USC entering this season. Clay Helton on the hot seat, certainly before the season started. Hey, go win the Pac-12, maybe sneak into the playoff and set yourself up for success down the road at SC. Drop the ball in a big way, and then he had to walk into the team meeting room on Monday with the AD and himself and say that he had been fired. So a lot to unpack here. A lot of names in the rumor mill of who could be the next head coach at Southern Cal. What do you think the players are thinking? I mean, is this a distraction for them? Are they bummed two weeks into the season now they have to deal with an interim? Um, is this actually good in the long run? I, I don't know, but this is just tough all the way around. Hey, listen, for the players, it's two things. I mean, one, it stinks to lose your head coach and, 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 and partly feel guilty for it based on the way you play in the football game against a team like Stanford last weekend yeah. and just got absolutely smoked. And two, the other thing that you can look at if you want to, you know, I guess, flip and be a little bit more positive these kids don't have to worry about it anymore. You yeah. know, I, I know they always say, Oh, listen, we're not listening to the outside noise, you know, but they are, they're listening to ESPN. They're on Twitter. They're listening to the pun pass podcast. They are hearing yes. people giving clay Helton crap for not winning games for not winning the pac 12 last year. Like he should have. So now that distraction is out of the way. Okay. Our coach is gone. It sucks. But now we have to hear about him being on the hot seat one week, not be on the hot seat the next week and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So that is the positive for these kids. They can focus on just playing football. But now we get to enjoy the fact of who is going to be the next coach at USC, which is a premier spot. Alabama, Texas, USC, Ohio State, Michigan. If you ask any fan out there, probably the big boys when it comes to overall of the, the, the history of college okay. football, those five okay. schools. Who else would you include? Who would you disinclude, Drew? I mean, look, look I'm, at biased. Me I'm, I'm biased. I'd throw Georgia in there. I think Florida's a pretty good spot. Five. Um, if I'm going to say five. Yeah, I know. I, I think Georgia could sneak into number five. I, I certainly think they Over could. Over who? Uh, right Listen, now, in 2021? I'm, I'm not saying tw- – I'm saying the history of football. Okay. Who Notre Dame, five? Michigan, SC. Who else did you say? Alabama. Okay, Alabama, Texas. obviously. Alabama, Texas, Texas, USC, Ohio State, Michigan. Okay. Look, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. I won't even argue with that because those are certainly – those are yeah, those are top 10 jobs, USC's of course. USC is one of them, yes. though. USC yes. is one yes. of the premier – okay, that's – Agreed. So they're going to be able to go after some big-time names. I, to the names that I really like, 
Eric Bieniemy from from Kansas City, the OC. Wow. Had a to be around Eric Bieniemy and, and and a hell of a coach, a great coach, a guy that should have been a head coach in the NFL years ago. Wow. Uh, obviously, his name gets put up a lot anytime in the offseason for the NFL. Rumor is he, if he would take a job in college football, this is one that he may consider. Interesting. Tremendous mind, been around Andy Reid, hell of a coach. Everyone loves him. I think he would be my number one guy. And number two, call me crazy, Lane freaking Kiffin. Been there. <laughs> he has grown up a ton since he left USC. Come on. He is one of the best offenses in, in, in all of all college football the past two years at Ole Miss. He's, he's playing really well in the SEC right now. May have the second best team in the SEC West this season. Why not go back to California? Obviously, it's a better job than Ole Miss. Interesting. Uh, you know, those two are my top two. James Franklin, I don't understand why you'd want to leave Penn State. Uh, Mario Cristobal, why would you want to leave Oregon? I know these are great names that they're going to go after, but if I'm those guys, why would I want to take that job? If I feel confident at Penn State, if I feel confident at Oregon – and we have great programs heading in the right direction. Why do I just want to leave there and go to USC? So I, I know those game like I said, I know those names are sexy, but they have to want to leave too. Yeah. And they have two great jobs. Penn State's a great job. Oregon, great job. Why, I, I, why do I yeah. want to leave and start over again? I agree with you. Um, Biennemi and Kiffin, those are not two names that are on our show notes. Aaron Murray bringing the heat on a Thursday morning. I absolutely love it. I had James Franklin written down. You're seeing that name a lot. Urban Meyer. I mean, look, he was looking down and said, there's no chance. I'm building an organization here. I mean, watch out. Who the hell knows when it comes to him? Bill O'Brien, maybe, is a name that I'm seeing a little bit, who I think could yeah. make a great head coach out west. Remember, he got Penn State out of the mess with the post-Joe Paterno era. He's currently the offensive coordinator at Alabama, so he gets a year under the Nick Saban umbrella. That's a name to watch. Steve Sarkeesian, Okay. No Watch chance. out for Steve Sarkeesian. You say no chance. First year no at Texas, chance. he has ties to USC. Uh, and let me just tell you this right now. You're going to say Texas is going to the SEC. Why the hell would he ever leave that situation? It's because that's a daunting task. That is a very daunting task. And if he could go out to USC and live that cush lifestyle out in L.A. and beat up on teams in the Pac-12 and hopefully make an expanded college football playoff, he could be a big-time hero. I love your Lane Kiffin thought. I do love your Lane Kiffin thought. I was listening to the Lombardi line on VSIN a couple weeks ago. Mike Lombardi, former NFL executive. He was with the Raiders when Al Davis hired Lane Kiffin. Do you know how that happened? No, no idea. So, so Al Davis wanted to hire Steve Sarkeesian, brought Steve Sarkeesian and a couple of his offensive coaches up to interview him, put him on the whiteboard, ask him all the questions. Uh, they, they get through Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian gets Kiffin up on the board as well. Hey, I'm bringing him with me. Gets on the plane to leave Oakland. I guess he was getting a raise or he was going to go to one more interview before the Raiders made a decision. His agent had contacted Sarkeesian's agent had contacted the Raiders and said, hey, we have competing offers. What do you want to do? Al Davis said, you know what? Screw it. I like the younger kid better. Offered Lane Kiffin the head coaching job. Kiffin was like 33 years old and goes, "Okay, yeah, I'll take it. That is how Lane Kiffin got the head coaching job for the Oakland Raiders. You can argue if he was ready or not. Uh, but he has grown up, to your point. Yes. And USC is a top five, top ten job in college football. There's no doubt about it. Ole Miss is not. Uh, he's going to have a great season with Ole Miss. There's no doubt about it, especially with, with what they're doing with Matt Corral on the offensive side of the ball. That is a good name to watch. Lane Kiffin. No chance Graham Harrell gets that job, even if they rip no. off a ton of wins. He's not the interim coach. Dante Williams is the interim head coach. I'll be really interested to see how the players react. Okay, 
And this rumor mill is going nowhere. So we will continue to keep it up to date right here on Punt and Pass. Other things to keep up to date too, though, Aaron, injuries. Injuries at some top positions across the SEC, um, across some of the higher level jobs as well, higher level schools as well. Most notably, Haynes King at Texas A&M out for at least a month with a fractured lower left leg. Uh, that's Arkansas a huge bummer. Arkansas is going to beat A&M in two Arkansas weeks. Arkansas is going to beat A&M in two weeks. Arkansas looks really, really good. Uh, really? You whiffed on that one last week big time. You were so convicted. I, I just had to I, go against I, you. My words, because holy smokes, that defense, that front seven, those linebackers, KJ Jefferson's maturing. I know we hit the, we, yeah. know, we went for the rewind earlier, but this is a team right now. AM is downtrending. You know, I'm selling if we're doing like a stock exchange, yeah. which I called show every Tuesday, I would sell AM and I'm buying the crap out of Arkansas right now. AM and the quarterback Calzada, I feel like I've been bashing him all week. I feel so bad. I'm going to send his mother some flowers. Oh, but God. I mean, he's you're just, that he, guy now. You're being so mean to QBs. We got you. Got to send moms flowers. I'm gonna send moms some flowers. My mom would hate me for how mean I am right now. But I mean, the kid just doesn't got it. I'm sorry. There's a reason why he was not the starter heading into the season. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's learned touch in five days and how to throw over defenders and not through people. (laughs) We're gonna find out this week. But if he doesn't, this offense for A&M has been really tough to watch these first two weeks of the season. Yeah, that's not expected. Defenses are great, but. If you can't score points, I don't care how good your defense is. Yeah, that's not expected from a Jimbo Fisher-led offense. That's for sure. Casey Thompson going to start for Texas against Rice. Obviously, Arkansas whooped up on Texas last week. Hudson Card had a great week one. You continue to hear Steve Sarkeesian say, we got two QBs, we want to keep playing them. You know, first sign of attrition, and he's going to the backup, Casey Thompson. So I'll be interested to see how that kind of matriculates. I'll be really interested to see who Florida rolls out. Uh, against Alabama this weekend, ah, I think that's a bad one, situation man. for them, though. Because, look, Emory nor Anthony Richardson are scaring Alabama's defense. And everybody's going to tell you Alabama's defensive weakness is a mobile QB, but a mobile QB who can actually throw the ball. And that is not Anthony Richardson, and that is not Emory Jones. We'll Listen, get into that Anthony later. can throw better than Emory and, and protect the ball a little bit more. I, I just think if you're Dan Mullen, the issue is we don't know what Anthony Richardson's hamstring's like right now. Yeah. And if he's one dimensional and is just a pure pack pocket quarterback, then you're in trouble. But if he's 90 percent, um, I don't and I don't know if we want to get I don't want to get ahead too much right now for our game picks. But you got to get Anthony Richardson in the, in, the, in, in the ballpark more. You got to play him more. You've seen what Emory can do. Emory's taking the majority of the snaps in the first two weeks, four interceptions against way lesser opponents. Should have probably been five or six interceptions. Definitely five. He had one in the red zone last week that Anthony Richardson drives him down there, big run, and then you put Emory in, Emory almost throws an interception right off the bat. So should be five interceptions. You know what you got. Anthony is just – I think Dan has just played it wrong, honestly. And he has not given Anthony Richardson enough snaps to really see can he be QB1 or not. Uh, he comes in for a possession every now and then. I would have loved to see him play maybe a quarter at a time to really get a good feel what he can and can't do, but – we know, like I said, we know what Emory can do. And and based on what we've seen, Emory cannot beat Alabama. So if you know one guy can't beat Alabama, maybe you should look at the other guy and maybe give him an opportunity if he can. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Um, and Anthony Richardson is the one who's been getting the ball in the end zone for Florida, so that will be a very important decision for Dan he's Mullen. He's like second in the SEC in rushing yards. I know. He's a quarterback. It's crazy. And he's run the ball 11 times, 25-yard average. It's crazy. Quarterbacks, hot topic in the SEC, and one that we got a lot of feedback with from Monday's episode, kind of breaking down Georgia, how Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin navigated the uh, the the 
the missing of JT Daniels with his oblique injury heading into the UAB game and then letting it be known right before kickoff that Setson Bennett was going to start. Um, the feedback we got was kind of all over the board. Hey, totally understand. Hey, you guys hate uh, Georgia from every, every which way. And, and I think it's important just to note I think where we're coming from, and more so you, Aaron, you're the one with the actual insight as to what a quarterback would feel in that situation, is one, how it was handled, two, the lead up as to saying, hey, uh, Carson's our number two, he's at a great camp, all signs from the media, from the coaching staff has been this guy can do it, we're excited, we're looking towards the future, he has solidified himself as a viable option if needed, and then when he was needed, they back off. And I think it's important to know, I don't think it was a hastily made decision. I think it was one that everybody kind of took in at the coaching staff level and said, how can we best position ourselves to win against UAB, which might have been short-sighted. Georgia was going to win against UAB. That is the key here, right? If Carson did start and his eyes did get wide and he did throw a couple picks and Georgia maybe turned the ball over and they were down 10-7 to at half, then you come in and put Stetson, right? You know the defense is going to tighten up. You know UAB is not going to score 30 against that D. You could trust your run game or Stetson to put points on the board. Then you also know, looking forward, we now have knowledge. We now have experience to where if Stetson were to get hurt, maybe you put Brock in, right, Aaron? I think that's where you and I were discussing. It was a was great opportunity to look in the future. the future. Yeah, it's more for the future. It's more of you know you're going to beat UAB, and it's great to beat them a bazillion to not, to, to seven, but it's also to, good to build for the future. And I was talking to a beat writer earlier this morning um, about the situation. Like, well, Carson had more. Actually, if you go back and look at the snaps, Carson had more snaps than, um, than Setson did. I'm like, that's not the point. Carson didn't get the start, and plus most of those reps were – Wasted reps at the end of the game. We just hand the ball off. Yeah. His first three plays were three handoffs. Like you weren't given the keys to the car and saying, this is your game. Yeah. Let's see what you can do. Let's see what you can do mentally, physically. Can you make the throws? Can you lead this ball game? Not okay. We're up big. Come in there and, and get mop up duty. Two completely different mindsets for a quarterback. So I just don't like the fact that. And I hate, cause I, I love Stetson. I, I think he's a great dude. Yeah, you I had an unbelievable this record setting game at all. Exactly. This is more of Stetson is not the future of Georgia football. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just full stop. Going to yeah, exactly. The future of fo- Georgia football possibly, or at least being a discussion for it. Give the kid an opportunity to play football. Yeah. Give him an opportunity to start a game and get real meaningful reps, not reps when you're up 30 to nothing. Totally that's, agree. That's all I want to see. Yeah, and, and I think they missed on that opportunity because I think one way or the other, they were going to dominate that football game. Um, they didn't. So it's just going to be interesting to see because we we both know that uh, of JT's history, the kid has not made it through a season. He's not going to make it through this season for the fact simply because he missed last game. So technically, he's not going to play an entire year. If he gets banged up again, who do they go to? Um, I guess it's Stetson. Yeah. Uh, you, you've now sent the message that, hey, Carson, you're not our number two guy. Stetson is going to be in case anything ever happens. So honestly, I'd be kind of pissed if I'm Carson because, like you said, and everything I've heard and saw in camp, he was number two. He was getting the reps. He was getting the opportunity. He, I think he took advantage of it. He looked good. And then just kind of, you know, the rug got pulled out of him uh, from underneath him on Wednesday. It absolutely did. And you mentioned it on Monday's podcast. You heard that he was frustrated. And why wouldn't he be, especially with how Stetson played? Yes, he's happy for Stetson. 
Yes, he's happy for his teammates. He's a competitor. That's why he works so hard in the offseason to validate himself as the number two. And then when it is your chance, when JT doesn't play and the rug gets pulled out from underneath you, they start Stetson because of his experience, notably because of his experience, not because of the talent, not because of what happened during camp. Kirby said it in his postgame press conference. A lot of inexperience in their skill positions. The only way to get experience is to give the dude some experience. Yes. That's so I mean, that's always the problem. I think I think that makes a lot of sense because he is a competitor, Carson Beck is, right? And, yeah. and when it is your chance to get those shots to be explosive through the air and then you get in and they give you three run plays, frustration sets in. That's just the wiring of a football player and of a competitor. Um, had some awesome IG messages and tweets from our listeners about some of the rumors they were hearing about uh-huh. why Stetson started and why did Carson didn't start. I can't validate any of those, but if you hear a rumor, please send them my way. I will dig into them. Drew, Drew is going to write a book of rumors one day. <laughs> it is the best. You know what is not a rumor? Um, I'm not off to a great start in prize picks this college football season. I need some winners, Aaron. So I'm looking at the prize picks board right now. I'm going to get active this weekend. Great games that we're about to break down here in a couple of minutes. We got our five-game picks coming up in punt, pass, and pick. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. But on the price picks board, I'm taking a look, and I see some quarterbacks with some very high pass yard totals that I might have to fade and go under. And, of course, you can dip into fantasy points if you'd like, receiving yards, receiving and rushing touchdowns. I need some winners, Aaron. I need to look at the price picks board. Go to prizepicks.com, download the price picks app, use the promo code PUNT, and you get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. South Carolina is not going to score on Georgia. I don't think they're going to score a touchdown. If they do, it'll be with five minutes or less in the fourth quarter, and Georgia is burning some serious clock, getting a lot of guys' repetitions late in the game. Any chance I can have to fade a South Carolina player, I will take it. Zebediah Nolan um, from Oconee County. I think he where transferred to North Dakota State. 119 yards. You're gonna fade that. I don't know. See that 119 is so low. But dude, he. Uh, But I'm looking at Emory Jones at 125, and I'm gonna say under. But that that but half that battle is he may not play the whole game. So that's why I'm saying Emory 
right now, 125 and a half. I'm going to go under just because I think first quarter, they're going to get their doors just blown out and they're going to have to turn to Richardson to, to be quarterback. Emory is just not the solution right now throwing the football. If, if they're going to move it, he's going to be running it. So I'm going to go under Emory 125. What do you think about Bryce Young? 278 and a half yards passing against Florida. Alabama's offense is really stellar. Their playmakers seem to run wide open week in and week out. Uh, that's enticing to me. I don't know. 278 and a half yards for Bryce Young over under. Uh, I'm going to go under, actually. I think they're going to, I mean, let's not forget, this is his first real true road experience. Yeah. And it's going to be rowdy. It's going to be rowdy. It's 3.30 CBS, first CBS game of the year. Um, you know, I know he, he, listen, I love the kid. He, he's very cool, calm, and collective so far of what you've seen. But the game in Atlanta was not the swamp. It wasn't 90,000-plus people screaming and yelling. Yeah. I mean, it's a different beast playing in your first true road environment, especially a place like that. So I could see him coming off to a little bit of a slow start, then wanting to run the ball a little bit more. Um, I think he's still going to have a great game. I think Alabama still wins, but I'm going to go under that 278. All right, I'm going to go under JT Daniels, 277 and a half yards. I think even if he does play, they're not going to have him stressing out that oblique. They're going to run the ball heavy this weekend. I think there's going to be a little bit of chip on Georgia's shoulder. Remember in 2019, last time South Carolina was at home, South Carolina upset Georgia in two overtimes. Um, That team remembers. I hope they kind of take it out on the Gamecocks this weekend and get a much-needed victory. Zamir White, he's been right around the number on prize picks. This weekend, 82 and a half rushing yards. You know South Carolina always has some dudes on that defensive line. Georgia's offensive line playing well as of right now. I think they'll rely on the run game heavy this week. I'm going to go over Zamir White, 82 and a half rush yards, and I'm actually going to go over James Cook, 39 and a half rush yards as well. I think Georgia looks to the run game this weekend. They obviously established their offensive explosiveness against a weaker UAB team a week ago. I think they look to the run game this week. Expect Zamir White and James Cook both to go over 82 and a half rushing yards and James Cook 39 and a half rushing yards. Any other things that pop out to you? Uh, I like Adrian Martinez. If you stick on rushing, I like Adrian Martinez 54 and a half versus Oklahoma. I over. think over. Okay. Um, yeah, you just go back to the first game of the season. I mean, he just has the ability at some point in the game, you know, they're going to be losing most likely. Defenses are dropping back, dropping eight, and he's just going to take it and run and get like 20 yards a pop. So all of a sudden that fourth quarter, he may get all 54 point, 54 yards in one quarter because of the way that, you know, Oklahoma is going to be just playing soft. Yeah. Just trying to you know keep the lead and make, you know, make Nebraska trying to earn it. So I see him with some late long runs to get over that 54 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that as well. You know, they're going to be down. Oklahoma's going to take care of business. He'll have a chance to get some chunk yardages, broken down play, pull the ball down, yeah. move the chains over 54 and a half rushing yards for Nebraska quarterback, quarterback, Adrian Martinez. I'm going to do it and I'm going to be on social media. So if you have something you like on prize picks, please tweet at us at punt and pass at drew Butler at air Murray, Pull up prizepicks.com, check out the board, download the prize picks app, use the promo code PUNT for a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Let's do PUNT you Pass. You crazy pick. looking at it right now? Yeah, what's yeah, that? I'm sorry, I'm going. Brock Bowers is projected 54. Reception Jermaine yards. Byrne, 54 yards. Jermaine Byrne, 51 yards passing or receiving. Yeah, see, we that still got to get how yeah. much confidence they have in, in Georgia's receivers right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. That is it. Pump, pass, and pick. Let's get to these game picks, man. We got five games. Keep in mind you're seven and three. I'm eight and two against the spread. That's awesome. Okay, I'm just gonna tell you right now. Let's keep it rolling. First game, three thirty CBS game. First one, SEC on CBS. Number one, Alabama at number eleven, Florida. 
like I just said, 3.30 p.m. Eastern CBS. Alabama, 14.5-point favorite, Aaron. The total is 59.5. I keep trying to convince myself somehow, some way, Florida can keep this game somewhat tight. And then I just look at Alabama and what they've been able to do, and I tell myself, no chance. Why even think about fading Alabama against the spread this early in the season? This is a classic situation of you do not make money fading Alabama. I'm laying the 14.5 points. I think this game goes over 59.5, and I don't see this being close whatsoever. If it does go over, Florida will score some trash points late. Maybe, maybe not. But Alabama's going to put 40-plus up on Florida. There's no doubt about it. Oh, 100%. And and listen, if Anthony Richardson was completely healthy, I'd have a little bit more faith. And and, and, and if we kind of knew more about what the game plan was going to be with both quarterbacks. But like I said earlier, you know, based on what we've seen from Emory against lesser opponents, I have no faith in this four offense. Uh, you know, it may be a little bit slow for Alabama and Bryce Young, just first game on the road, crazy environment. But their defense will keep them just fine, and I think they roll in the second half. So give me that 14.5 points, too, for Bama. Yeah, lay the 14.5 for Bama. I think this is just too big of a spot for an inexperienced Florida team. You know, last year, keep in mind, totally different football team for Florida. You had Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney, dudes on defense, and they almost beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. That is not the case. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere. I'll be locked into that game at 3-3, no doubt. But Aaron and I both laying 14.5. I think one of the more interesting games of the weekend and one that will probably be one of the closest best finishes is number 22 Auburn heading up to Happy Valley to take on number 10 Penn State. This is the 7.30 p.m. ABC night game. Penn State right now a five-point favorite. That line is going down, and the total is at 53. Last night at the Braves game, you told me that you think the whiteout at Penn State is the best environment in college football? One of the best. By far, yeah. Okay, that's a pretty bold statement. I've never been. I don't know. It looks cool I've on TV. I've never been too, but I just, I've watched enough. I mean, it, it looks awesome. Visually, it looks pretty damn sweet. And I've talked to players who've played in it, and they said it's just as awesome to play in it as it looks to watch it on TV. Uh, I like Auburn in this one. Me I too. Do. Me too. I, I like, you know, the two, the things that travel on the road in crazy environments are the run game. Yeah. I love Tate Bigsby, one of the best running backs. Um, I'm interested to see, obviously, the big question marks, Bo Nix. I mean, Bo has struggled on the road. In these type of games, and you know, I'm still not 100% sold on his receivers. Those guys are going to have to show out this game to really. They're going to get one-on-one opportunities. Penn State is going to load the box and say, "Hey, we got to stop Tank," and they're going to put the ball in Bo Nix's hand and see what he can do throwing it. So this is going to be a game. He has to be efficient. He has to take care of the football. He has to loosen them up to give uh, you know Tank the opportunity to yeah. run into light boxes. But I like Auburn's defense a ton. I love their linebackers. Um, and that's what travels, man. If you can run and play defense on the road, you got a chance. So I like Auburn uh, laying that five and a half or five points. Yeah, and you know what? I think this situation is kind of reminiscent of uh, last week, Arkansas going to Texas. Here's how I'll compare it. Sam no, no, Pittman Texas went to Arkansas last. Sorry, week. sorry, Texas did go to Arkansas. I, I apologize, but that's not the point of where I'm going. Sam Pittman has surrounded himself with great coordinators. And those guys had those dudes ready to play. They had a real good game plan to keep them calm, be able to execute, play loose, play fast. Uh, Brian Harson has surrounded himself with great coordinators. Derek Mason, defensive coordinator. Mike Bobo, offensive coordinator. Those guys, very well-versed, former head coaches in what these situations are going to be like. They will scheme a game plan to ease Bo Nix into the game, to establish the run game, to take control of the line of scrimmage, and give themselves a chance in the fourth quarter. That's why I want the points, right? This line opened at Penn State minus six as a home favorite. It's down to five. It could go down even further. But Bo Nix has taken very well with a small sample set of data 
to Mike Bobo's coaching. This is his first big test. What are you going to do with the wideout? You know, it's a huge game for Penn State. They are ranked number 10. I just like the points here. I think it's going to be close. Aaron, you and I seem to be on the same side here. Give me Auburn plus five. I'm feeling pretty confident in that, and I think it'll be maybe the best game of the weekend. Yeah, by far the best game of the weekend. So this is a put-up-or-shut-up time for Bo Nix, though. I mean, this is year three. Yeah. Big-time game. You got great coaches around you now. No excuses. So uh, I, I got all eyes on this one. I know a lot of people do just to see what he can do in this big-time Big time wide out there up at Penn State. Absolutely. Absolutely. Third game, Tulane at number 17, Ole Miss, 8 p.m., ESPN2. Right now, Ole Miss a 14-point favorite. The total, as you'd expect, 76 points. Look, Tulane scared Oklahoma in week one. I know there was a bit of back and forth because the game got moved. Tulane was dealing with the Hurricane Ida that ripped through the Gulf Coast. Tulane, though, coming out with some swagger, put some former SEC champ stickers on the back of their helmets. They're taking on an SEC opponent in Ole Miss. Look, Ole Miss's offense scores points at will. I don't know why this line wouldn't be higher. That is what worries me. Yes, I know Tulane played Oklahoma close, but Ole Miss shouldn't be stopped by Tulane, and they're not going to turn the ball over. I mean, they play basketball on a football field. When you get that behind kind of drone view, the sky cam view of Matt Corral, where his eyes are looking with the RPOs, how he fits those passes into the smallest seams and let those guys just make one move and get up field, it's really impressive. With all that said, this line stinks to me, stinks out loud. I want Tulane plus 14 points. Give me 14 points with Tulane. I hope it somehow gets up to 14 and a half. That is a close one eye and throw some money on Tulane. But I'm telling you right now, Ole Miss should be a 17, 21 point favorite, and they're not for a reason. So give me the points, Tulane plus 14. Well, the reason is because Tulane played Oklahoma so close early on. I think Oklahoma was looking past that game and and really just was not focused on the start of the year. I think Ole Miss is a team that has is is it's a dog with with blood in the mouth right now. I mean, they are feeling good about yeah. the fact that they could be the second best team in the SEC West. Defense is feeling great, especially after that win versus Louisville. I think they're hitting, hitting on all cylinders right now, and and I think this is an offense. If they want to, they can score 40 to 50 points per game. I don't see Tulane doing that. I see this game being possibly 42, 49 to 24. And shoot, so I, I got I got Ole Miss at home, laying it. Matt Corral. You know they want to get him the Heisman. You know Lane Kiffin wants that USC job. He wants to show out. Oh, gosh. Listen to you. Ole Miss 14 points all day, baby. He is laying the 14 with Ole Miss at home night game in Oxford. Nebraska heading to number three, Oklahoma. This is your big noon kickoff game on Fox, a revival of an old-school Big 12 rivalry. Oklahoma, 22-point favorite. The total is 62 Scott Frost, man, do something here. You have to do something or else that booster club is just going to say, buddy, it's been nice knowing you, but on to the next. They need to at least have a shred of self-respect here and show up in a big way. You know you can put points on Oklahoma's defense. I mean, I know Oklahoma won 76 to nothing last week. Granted, that wasn't a team with as much talent as Nebraska. Nebraska has to be watching that two-lane film saying, this is the blueprint on how we keep this game close. Now, can Nebraska dial up enough on the offensive side of the ball. That's where I say no. I'm laying 22 points here. I don't really love that pick, but I think it's more so Lincoln Riley, Spencer Rattler saying week one was a fluke. We're locked in now. Let's do right by our fan base. Let's do right by everybody in Norman. Take care of business against a lowly Nebraska team. Don't let anybody continue to question Oklahoma. They're ranked number three for a reason. I'll lay the 22 just because I do not love Nebraska whatsoever. 
Well, listen, Nebraska, let's just let's just keep putting this in perspective. Nebraska lost to Illinois, looked awful. Illinois then went on to lose to UTSA transitive and then got property. Their butt, transitive property first there. Then got their butt waxed by Virginia 42 to 14. So Illinois is garbage. Nebraska lost to a garbage team. What does that make Nebraska? Give me Oklahoma. Yeah. Give me Spencer Rattler. Yep. I'm taking Oklahoma in this game. Yep, lay the points with Oklahoma. Man, I think that could be a blowout, a big-time blowout, and that yeah. seat will get very hot for Scott Frost, and it already is. is. It, is it, are they about to pull a uh, Clay Helton? Think about that. If two, if, if through three weeks of the college football season, Nebraska and USC each have head coaching vacancies, that would be unbelievable. Last game of the weekend on punt, pass, and pick. South Carolina at number two, Georgia, SEC home opener for the Dogs. I had to put this game on here because of what the spread is. This game's at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Our buddy Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge will be in the booth calling this game, so we'll be fired up for that. Georgia is a 31.5-point favorite. 31.5 points in their SEC home opener against South Carolina. The total is down to 47.5. Get this. Shout out to our boy Ryan Skates from the Poor Man's Game Notes. He put out the Poor Man's Game Notes this morning, and he let it be known that South Carolina in the last 11 games has played Georgia closer than any other SEC East opponent. Think about that. Georgia beating Florida soundly, beating Tennessee soundly, beating everybody else soundly. South Carolina, Georgia leads this series 6-5 in the last 11 games. That is concerning. That also goes back to when you and I were juniors and sophomores and seniors, and we lost three in a row. But that's not the point. The point is Georgia needs to take care of business in a big way. Good teams put away bad teams early, step on the throats, roll the threes and fours in. Everybody goes home happy. South Carolina with Zebediah Nolan should not score a touchdown on Georgia. I say that emphatically. They should not score a touchdown on Georgia. Depending on who starts at quarterback for Georgia, can Georgia score 32 points against South Carolina's defense? I think so. I'll lay the this, – this line is disgusting – 31 and a half points. Nobody can tell me that they can bet that confidently. But I'm just telling you right now, I think Georgia covers. And I think it's because South Carolina can't score. So that's pretty much where I'm at. I'll lay the 31 and a half points. That is disgusting for an in-conference, in-division rivalry game, especially in prime time. But come on, dogs. Make me look good. I'll lay the 31 and a half. Uh, I, Georgia wins this game, but I still think there's too many uncertainties about the health of JT. Yeah. There's still a lot of question marks at the receiving position. The running backs have not given us a, us a lot of faith about their ability to run. The offensive line is still shuffling, trying to figure out who those five are going to be. Georgia wins, and Georgia wins in a big way. I yeah. just don't think 31 That's just, and a half. It's just so many That's points. That's so many points, man. And 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 you know, everyone keeps wanting to put you know talk about 2019 and South Carolina came in and had no business winning that game. They yeah. did. This isn't going to happen. Zeb, Lohan, Zeb Nolan is not going to lead the Gamecocks to victory in no. Sanford Stadium. This team is better. A lot better, but 31 and a half points is outrageous. I just can't, I can't talk. I can't do it. I'm yeah. sorry. I think they win. Of course. They could win. They can win 35 to 10. Maybe they sneak out a last second touchdown for, cause you know, Georgia's going to put the backups in the yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah. South Carolina will get a touchdown, late touchdown to, to cover something like that. I love it. I love it. It's going to be a good game. I think I'm going, which yeah. will be awesome. First Georgia oh, game in a year. Um, I'm going to go hang out with my 93,000 closest friends. Come on, man. We're going to have a good yeah. time. My flip the field special this week, 
Cincinnati minus three and a half at Indiana. Cincinnati is a way better football team than Indiana. Indiana has already lost a game this year. Indiana is not as good as they were a year ago. Cincinnati is proving week in and week out that they are a good football team. They want to make a push and make a case to get into the college football playoff, much like they did a year ago. Desmond Ritter, I think one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Three and a half, way too small. Lay the three and a half. That is my flip the field special. Aaron, your lock of the week, and then we'll get it. I am going to Purdue Boilermakers. Clean Notre Dame, and Purdue is rolling. Jack Plummer at quarterback, 74% completion, six touchdowns. Purdue's undefeated. They're rolling. Notre Dame has looked like complete trash in their two wins. I am not sold on this Notre Dame team at all right now. Could easily be 0-2. Easily be 0-2 right now. So give me Purdue. What are they right now? They are seven-point seven dog. dog. That's a great line. Yeah, that's great. Great line. Love awesome. that. Give you Purdue. All right, they we're back on track. Game. We're each going to win our locks this week. We're going to continue to stay hot against the spread. Man, I love college football season. I love punt and pass. I know you do, too. Head on over to at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron's at Aaron Murray 11 puntandpass.com. I'm going to post a blog up there. I'm going to add our picks up on the website as well. Go buy some merch. And you can buy merch with the money you win on Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. Go to PrizePicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match up to your first $100. Have had tons of signups. Let's keep that going. Aaron and I just gave you some winners. I'll post our favorite picks on social media over the weekend as well. So you can check it out there. You are heading out west, right, Aaron? Out to L.A.? Got a great game. Got a great, great game. Uh, Utah versus San Diego State. Utah trying to get some revenge for that. You know, Losing the Holy War last week to BYU. Uh, and San Diego State, man, it's a great football team. Greg Bell, premier back in all of college football. Um, gonna be a gonna be a great one. I'm excited. So heading out to uh, LA tonight. Awesome, brother. Well, have a safe travel. Appreciate you jumping on here on a Thursday to give everybody what they want, which is another week three preview of Punt and Pass. Head on over to at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Check out puntandpass.com. I'm at Drew Butler. He is at Aaron Murray 11. We will talk to you on Monday. See you. Don't forget to download the Southern Sports Today app. You can listen to this in every show on podcastpark.com or wherever you get your podcast needs. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest 
largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. <laughs> 